the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Is 1440 KYCR Golden Valley. We think that listening with our app is a great investment of your time. Download it free today. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. China is playing down the cancellation of a visit by U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken after a large Chinese balloon suspected of conducting surveillance on U.S. military sites, royal diplomatic ties. Blinken has said the visit could be rescheduled. I told uh, Director Wong that the United States remains committed to diplomatic engagement with China and that I plan to visit Beijing when conditions allow. Meanwhile, Republican Congressman Mike Gallagher told the Salem Radio Network the Biden administration should have reacted much more strongly. Reports are they summoned the Shars affairs in D.C. and, you know, gave them a talking to. But I just think sternly worded statements and a mild scolding won't do the trick. American people want tangible consequences. This isn't the model U.N. China claims that balloon is an errant weather balloon that was being used to conduct research when it was blown off course. This is SRN News. It takes teamwork to stay safe on Minnesota roads during the winter. You can help. When you see snowplows at work, slow down. Slower speeds can save lives. Don't crowd the plow and leave plenty of space between yourself and other vehicles. Keep your headlights on to see and be seen. Avoid distractions and always stay alert behind the wheel. This message brought to you by the Minnesota Department of Transportation, the Minnesota Broadcasters Association, and this station. I always thought the tires would be more expensive at a dealership, but Invergrove Hyundai proved me wrong. Hi, it's Mike from Rosemont. I knew I needed a new set of tires before winter. My go-to is usually my warehouse club because, hey, they're a warehouse club, right? They have to have the best deal. I bought two cars at Invergrove Hyundai, and they're great to work with, so I thought I'd just see what they had to offer. I told Tyler what I usually spend and asked if he had a good set of tires in that price range. He gave me a great quote, and it was a few bucks under my limit on a set of four tires. Plus, he got me in and out in an hour. If you need tires, skip the specialty shop and the warehouse clubs and give Invergrove Hyundai a call. Let them know what you need, and they'll take care of you like they did for me. Invergrove Hyundai's service technicians are ready for you no matter what kind of vehicle you drive. Open 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. weekdays. Call them today or schedule your appointment at InvergroveHyundai.com. That's InvergroveHyundai.com. There are those who dedicate themselves to a sense of honor, to a life of courage, and a commitment to something greater than themselves. They have always defended this nation and each other. They still do. The few, the proud, the Marines. Portions of this program may have been pre-recorded. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Is it his time? Yes! 
Where's your hat? Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. It's the King Banyan Show, your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. Oh, God, that's all I need. Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. Let's go while we're young. Now, here's Professor King Banyan. Welcome back, King Bing Show, the Biz fourteen forty. Um, it's it's time. We, I've tried to refrain from playing a whole lot of Jay Powell because I kind of knew this press conference would be a humdinger, and um, it wasn't as newsy as I thought, except for the fact that whatever he said, it seemed like everyone decided. Well, he doesn't mean it, right? I have used this as an example of how uh, government policymakers have to be able to figure out how to be credible. And, and my, my concern right now is that the Fed is trying very hard to protect its credibility with evidence abund- abounding that it may have already lost it, um, lost that credibility. And why would I say that? And it's it's that's a harsh thing to say, but it's also a very important thing to say because a, a, a central bank that lacks credibility cannot disinflate an economy without without significant cost. And it means that in order to get your credibility back, you have to be willing to bear a level of pain that's going to be pretty high versus disinflating disinflating without a lot of pain, which requires you to have a whole lot of credibility in your statements. Um, let me let me talk about how I sense, sense that to be true. The first thing to be aware of, of course, is that when the Fed re- released its statement, the statement itself from the Fed said, said, oh, I don't even have on it. I don't have that up here. Hang on just a second. Uh, uh, let me see if I can find the... Oh, golly. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I should have had this up for you uh, before now. Let me go grab Let me go grab the statement and find the, the sentence I'm looking for. In support... Okay. In supporting of, support of these goals about the inflation risk and so forth, the committee, the Federal Open Market Committee, decided to raise the target range for the Fed funds rate to four and a half to four and three quarters percent, quarter percent higher than before. Here's the key. Here's the key sentence. The committee anticipates that ongoing increases in the target range will be appropriate in order to attain a stance of monetary policy that is sufficiently restrictive to return inflation to two percent over time. The key is actually just one letter in one word increases, not increase. Increases is plural. It indicates that there's more than one. He repeats this in in the opening statement that the Fed that made at the press conference right after that. So so uh, just production note to Spencer, I'm just going to call these 1 to 14 um, and, and I'm just going to do them in order so I'm just so you can just sort of assume I'm playing the next clip. Uh, let's play this. Let's play. This is the first cut in the 
in the second paragraph. This is like barely a minute in to the press conference. Cut one. Today, the FOMC raised our policy interest rate by 25 basis points. We continue to anticipate that ongoing increases will be appropriate in order to attain a stance of monetary policy that is sufficiently restrictive to return inflation to 2% over time. In addition, we are continuing the process of significantly reducing the size of our balance sheet. Restoring price stability will likely require maintaining a restrictive stance for some time. So there's two comments in that that you have to pay attention to right at the start. So the way he they frame him in his statement is he gets the entire action. He, he has a paragraph, paragraph that's basically a preamble. Here are the conditions we're looking at. Uh, and then the second paragraph is here's what we did. And then he goes into sort of the background of here's where we see the economy right now. And I typically don't play much of either the first or the third, but I always play you this this second piece because that is the nut graph of the entire press conference. You can take that and see exactly what the what the Fed did. There were two points to this. One, he reiterates what's in the statement by saying ongoing increases will be appropriate in order to attain a stance of monetary policy that's sufficiently restrictive to return inflation to 2% over time. Uh, he then he then also says, says, we are continuing the process of significantly reducing the size of our balance sheet. Um, in, the, in the FOMC's written statement, it is written as, as the committee will continue reducing its holding of treasury securities and agency debt and agency mortgage-backed securities as described in previously announced plans, right? Which means they have not changed from the plan they announced. That plan was announced last May. Quantitative tightening has been on one steady path throughout this period. If you go and then read the implementation note which is basically the direction to the system open market desk to say, what, what, what are we doing? Okay, it, it tells them that to reduce, th that you can only roll over treasury securities in excess of $60 billion in a month, okay? Less, okay, so just redeem the first $60 billion and don't reinvest that, and that reduces the size of the balance sheet. Now, my Twitter straight man, Don, um, it's, we're having a little, that's his, that's, that's his, that should be his new name. Um, Don asked a very important question because I showed what the size of this is. This is about half a billion dollars of reduction since May. Half a trillion dollars, excuse me. Half a trillion dollars of reduction since May. From about eight and a half trillion, we're about to slide below eight trillion dollars on the balance sheet and i gave you a graph of what these numbers look like and i'll remind you in 2019 this number ran around three and a half trillion so we're still more than double what we had pre-pandemic uh, it slid back up a little bit uh in in the early part of 2020 pre-pandemic but that was because the fed ran into a problem in 2019, where it had a market for treasury securities 
that occasionally was very difficult to trade in. And you would see spikes in in repurchase agreement rates uh, or reverse repos. It's because the market was simply illiquid. People were getting treasury securities and holding on to them and saying, there is not a price I'm willing to sell these at. And the reason why the treasury market is so important, and by the way, why the debt limit debate is so important, as as uh, John Cochran pointed out, I'll actually, I'll actually post a, a blog of his uh, at the break to talk about that. I'm not going to talk about debt limit too much today. The reason this is super important is basically... That treasury security is the foundation for all of collateral for all manner of short-term financing. If you start getting people to question what the value of a treasury security is because you've decided you want to have a fight with, with the other party, um, you've, got all ki- you've got all kinds of potential havoc happening. And we experienced some of that havoc in 2019. Which is to say this to Don's question. I don't know how much reduction in the balance sheet can happen before we might have another episode. And the reason why I didn't take any of the cuts out, but I was super I was very interested in hearing how Powell addressed when he got asked the debt limit question. Would you do this? Would you do that to help the Treasury out with the debt limit? And he's like, no, 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 you guys got to solve that. And the reason he's concerned about that is not solving the debt limit issue has serious implications for financial stability. And that basically is a problem for the Fed more than it is for the Treasury. Well, it's a problem for the Treasury, too. And it's certainly more than it is a problem for people in Congress who are using a debt limit debate to get political points scored. So I, you know, I tell people I don't think the debt limit's going to be an issue because I think people will work it out. But the, if you watch the conference, you kind of have to watch it. And you can almost see that Paul just doesn't want to answer any questions about the debt limit. Don't ask me about that. That's, that's Congress's issue. That's not mine. Um, if this number continues to come down at this level, I'm curious – at what point we might see another episode in treasuries in the treasury market or in the MB, mortgage-backed security market. I'm curious when that might happen. Let me continue this. Let me, I'm gonna, I want to play two more. I want to play two more clips of this. Why is the Fed doing all this? He's very clear. This is the second Powell cut. Although inflation has moderated recently, it remains too high. The longer the current bout of high inflation continues the greater the chance that expectations of higher inflation will become entrenched. That is why I thought, I think the point that we had made with uh, Mohamed El-Aryan, that you needed to go to 50 basis points and then stop for a while, was a good one. He needed to basically tell them, you must not expect higher inflation. I'm willing to even do this. 50 would have been a shock. The market would have dropped Hundreds of points had the Fed gone 50. Even if they'd gone 50 and stopped, it would have said and said, we're going to pause after this. We're going to forego the rate increase in March, and we're going to take the next uh, 13, 14 weeks to figure out 
figure out what we want to do next. Um, he could have said that, but they didn't. They decided to go with the incremental 25s. I think, I think Mohammed Elarian was right about that and, and that uh, the Fed may have mi- missed something. Um, the Okay, so why he does that, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and play this cut now. Let's play this cut number three. In light of the cumulative tightening of monetary policy and the lags with which monetary policy affects economic activity and inflation, the committee decided to raise interest rates by 25 basis points today, continuing the step down from last year's rapid pace of increases. Shifting to a slower pace will better allow the committee to assess the economy's progress toward our goals as we determine the extent of future increases that will be required to attain a sufficiently restrictive stance. We will continue to make our decisions meeting by meeting, taking into account the totality of incoming data and their implications for the outlook for economic activity and inflation. I think there was a stronger statement available to the Fed at that time. I think they could have done the 50 and stop. That's why I played the Illyrian cut. Uh, uh, no, we don't have time to play it again, but I, I believe that could have been there. This sort of feels like I'm feeling my way through. Let's take a break here when we come back. More of the FOMC press conference, and we're going to turn to the Q&A segments uh, right after this on the King Banyan Show on The Biz, 1440. Soaking up the sun in Fiji. Walking through the Sculpture Garden in Minneapolis or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon. We're where you are. Listen to the Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And in the process, started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. If we take you as a client, I guarantee we'll cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit. 800-626-5252. That's 800-626-5252. 800-626-5252. In 1981, Heritage Christian Academy began with 13 students. Today, they celebrate God's faithfulness with 550 students in grades pre-K through 12. God has shown his provision for HCA for 40 years. Let me introduce one of God's faith-filled stories. Hi, my name is Tim. In 1989, we trusted this school to begin educating our kids. Nowadays, we trust it to educate our grandkids. I still coach here, and my wife now works here. Heritage has become much of the central fabric of our lives. We love this school for all the moments that happen when so many people invest in and commit to one another. Those moments build into real relationships, many of which last a lifetime. We love and appreciate the partnership Heritage has with parents. Heritage Christian Academy is very much together in the education of the children whom God has entrusted to them. For more information about Heritage Christian Academy in Maple Grove, visit heritageweb.org. Heritage Christian Academy, equipping minds, engaging hearts, and encountering Jesus Christ. 
Your children and grandchildren are inheriting a world that's more upside down than ever before. They'll need extraordinary skills to make a positive impact. A Christian education will give them the solid foundation they need to not only endure, but thrive. And that education is available for half off their first year through TwinCitiesTuitions.com. To see our full list of participating schools and to see if the half-off tuitions program is a good fit for your family, go to TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. There's only one option in the Twin Cities to get multiple competitive bids on siding, roofing, or windows without a parade of long-winded, high-pressure salespeople. Set up a free appointment with me today at GetMy3Quotes.com. That's the number three, GetMy3Quotes.com. So I was talking before about sort of the musical evolution of my life. That song, I probably should have been a hint to me of what I would like later when I got to college and undergrad school because it didn't fit a whole lot of the uh, various genres of music that I was listening to for the most part. But I absolutely love that song, and I think that guy qualifies as a one-hit wonder. Um, Never really did much else um, than that. Um, The... um, Anyway, six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. We're trying to. I'm trying to squeeze what really should be three hours of work into two to try to get us through the uh, the press conference from uh, Chairman Powell. Um, yeah, uh, uh, on uh, Wednesday, the Fed going up twenty five basis points and why they did this. I was reading a piece by uh, John Authors, who's a columnist at Bloomberg, uh, earlier in the week, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pull that up while I while I'm talking to you and then I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to absolutely say that I I didn't think this was really um quite right but I think this is the the one I was looking for yes um this yeah J- John authors who I read you know he's practically a daily I get a daily newsletter from him and I really like where he he writes this Talking softly without carrying a big enough hawk. Subtitle, in Powell, markets saw a Freudian tell that suggested dovishness, or perhaps maybe they just heard what they wanted to hear. Either way, the Fed lost the day. Um, And it may have. And here's where where authors talks about, and I'll I'll retweet this while we listen to this clip. I'll retweet what I posted because there's a free link for those of you that do not subscribe to Bloomberg. I've got a free link for you to read this particular column. Um, yeah, he's asked by Chris Ruggaber from AP. Um, uh, he, he talks about the fact that the markets have been up. And does that make your he, he's asked, does that make your job of combating inflation harder um, and could you see lifting rates higher than you otherwise would to offset the easing in financial conditions? And Powell answers this way, which which authors thinks was a mistake. I want you to hear it, and then we'll talk about why it might be a res- mistake. This should be cut four. So it is important that f- overall financial conditions continue to reflect the policy restraint that we're putting in place in order to bring inflation down to 2%. And, of course, financial conditions have tightened very significantly over the past year. 
Uh, I would say that our focus is not on short-term moves, but on sustained changes to broader financial conditions. And it is our judgment that we're not yet at a sufficiently restrictive policy stance, which is why we say that we expect ongoing hikes will be appropriate. So it's interesting to me that this is this is seen by authors as being a, 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 a misstep. Um, and and it's and particularly uh, particularly uh, uh, the, 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 the that particular comment. Uh, he's asking if he's worried that financial conditions at ease. This appeared to be a straightforward opportunity for him to say yes and browbeat the market. He did it. Instead, remarkably, he said that financial conditions had tightened. They haven't. These are these are the measures published by Bloomberg, okay, and, and the graphics, and I want you to see those, uh, where he shows that they, in fact, had had been easing after either using the Bloomberg Financial Conditions Index or the Goldman Sachs uh, Financial Conditions Index, both of which they go in the, they're made in opposite directions, but they sort of tell you the same thing uh, there. And so I, let me, and I'm going to go ahead and re, retweet this to you uh, uh, just to be sure you've picked this up. Um, pick this up uh, now. Let me go ahead and... Uh, and uh, send that. Um, the um, the the point is, if you read carefully, he says financial conditions have tightened very significantly over the past year. What he chose to do in this case was avoid the question about the last thirty days in the stock market, which has clearly been, in the language of Wall Street, risk on. People wanting to wanting to invest in the market, uh, um, wanting to invest in risk assets, uh, and 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 it taking off. I don't think, which I think, given what we just talked about with quantitative quantitative tightening, might be a bit of a dangerous step for people to take. But he wasn't going to try to jawbone the market down or browbeat, in author's words, the market down. He instead basically said, look, over the last year, the markets have gotten tighter. And we're, and he then says not to focus on short-term moves, but on sustained changes to financial con- broader financial conditions. So he sort of rejects that question right off, the, right off the top to say, hey, I'm not paying attention to the last 30 days. What I'm really interested in is looking at what we've done over over the last over the last year or so. So now I want to skip ahead uh, to what I think was the most important part of the press conference here, which was in response to Howard Schneider at Reuters, who's asking him, um, who's asking him, uh, you've taken out all these references to what's happening. You're saying inflation is easing. That's new in the statement. You've taken out the references to Ukraine. You've taken out references to the pandemic. All of those disappeared from the FOMC written statement. Um, You've eliminated all the reasons you said prices were going higher, and that's not mapping into any change in how you describe prices. To describe policy, we still have ongoing increases to come. Why? And And this is where I think he, where Powell lays down, something that he had said in December, if you go back and listen to the show before, you could see that he had said this in December, but I want to play out 
what he says in response to Schneider here. I want to play this first cut. This be cut number five. We can now say, I think, for the first time that the disinflationary process has started. We can see that, and we see it really in goods prices so far. Goods prices is a big sector. We, this is what we thought would happen since the very beginning, and now here it is actually happening. And for the reasons we thought, we, you know, it's supply chains, it's shortages, and it's demand revolving back towards services. So this is a good thing. This is a good thing. But that's, you know, around a quarter of the PCE price index. So he says first, right, on goods inflation, you're absolutely right. We're seeing the disinflation. It's for the reasons we talked about. It's those temporary factors regarding supply chains and shortages and the fact that demand has shifted from buying goods to buying services. That's been a help. All of this, which, by the way, is partly as a result of higher prices for goods. Um, the cure for high prices is high prices. So he's like, hey, we're getting where we want to be there. He then proceeds to to clarify the second piece of it, which is the services sector on housing. This is cut six. As I mentioned, with housing services, we expect, and other forecasters expect, that measured inflation will continue moving up for several months, but will then come down, assuming that, that new leases continue to be soft. And we do assume that. And that's important because a lot of people are, are, are banging the drum to say, hey, inflation is going to come down because of the, the goofy way we measure housing services and CPI. That number will come down. You don't have to do that. He's saying, look, I, we at the Fed know that story. He's almost like saying, you don't have to tell us this anymore. We get it. We absolutely 100% get it. But then he goes on to talk about the piece that he talked about in in the December meeting, which is the third piece, core services outside of housing. This is cut seven. This is good. And that, we note that when we say inflation is coming down, that this is good. We expect to see that that disinflation process will be seen, we hope soon, in the core goods uh, X housing. Sorry, the core, core services X housing sector that I talked about. We don't see it yet. It's, you know, it's, a, it's seven or eight different kinds of services. Uh, not all of them are the same. And, you know, we have a sense of what's going on in each of those different uh, subsections. Um, uh, uh, probably the biggest part of it, probably 60 percent of, of that will, is, you know, uh, research would show is sensitive to slack in the economy. And so the labor market will probably be important. Some of the other ones, it's, the labor market's not going to be important. Many other factors will drive it. In any case, we don't see disinflation in that sector yet. And here's the point. Here's the point where I wish Ruggeber had asked a follow-on question to this extent. What he says in this particular passage is, we're using the labor market as a proxy to keep track of what prices are doing in these core services areas, these seven or eight of the service area. The, why do you do that? Because you get that information sooner. Labor market information comes to us quicker. We spend more time trying to measure the labor market than particularly the prices of various core services, which we probably don't measure better than we do jobs We probably and wages. We probably measure them a little bit worse. So someone should have asked, if you saw it happening in, in, in the prices level for core services, X housing, even if the even if the job market wasn't softening, 
would you slow down your rate of increases? Would that would that change your opinion? Nobody asked that question, just as nobody asked him about quantitative tightening. There were missed opportunities by the press there. And I real I have to tell you, I was disappointed in how the press covered this uh, particular press conference uh, because I think they were too focused on the fact that that the Fed is not confirming what the markets believe. And eventually the press conference let, I think, markets down by sort of saying, rather than exploring why do you think what you think, just sort of saying, you're in denial. You're in denial that, that the economy's going into recession. You're in denial that inf- disinflation's going on. He's saying, no, we're not in denial. We're w- monitoring things. We just don't see it here yet. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. <laughs> gonna have a baby she is will it be a boy or will it be a girl we don't know yet but we heard the heartbeat and my dad said this is gonna be someone very special you mean like being a president or maybe a doctor well probably maybe like a singer or dancer i think Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. We know that every baby is a miracle and has the potential to do great things. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives or assistance or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773 or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. Six one two, the bird. Trust is earned and couldn't be more important when you have a house project. With over thirteen thousand reviews online and a four point eight on Google, you can trust Early Bird Electric. Early Bird is the troubleshooting expert, your go-to for small projects like adding an outlet or big remodels and rewiring. And yes, Early Bird offers same-day service and 24-7 emergency service. Mention the Patriot and your trip charge is free with repair purchase. 612 The Bird. Call 612 The Bird or visit 612TheBird.com. You can get a comprehensive estate plan for half the regular price through this special limited time offer. We're partnering with a local law firm that specializes in estate plans. If you don't have an estate plan, it could be up to the court to decide who gets your assets. This can be costly to your loved ones. You've heard the stories where even strong families have been torn apart in the process. Our attorney partner is offering a full package of estate planning services for just $1,500, regularly $3,000. It includes wills, power of attorney, health care directives, guardian, and conservator documents. Call the station and we'll put you in touch with our attorney for a no-obligation conversation to make sure this is the right fit for you and your family. There are only a few of these half-price estate plan offers available. Get your house in order today with a comprehensive estate plan for half the regular price. Call the station at 651-405-8800. 651-405-8800. If you could build the world's greatest radio station, where would you start? We'd begin by creating a live station that's able to provide breaking news updates. Then we'd install some of today's top political voices behind the mic. Finally, we'd craft a convenient way to listen with a specialized mobile app. No, it's not a work in progress. It's on the air now. AM 1280, The Patriot. Intelligent radio. Online at am1280thepatriot.com. 
they are i think they're walking the line um welcome back king bane show the biz 1440 thank you for being here um i'll play a little bit i'm gonna play more clips here but i i i want to reiterate this i did not capture on the audio um because i just knew we wouldn't have time for it um this exchange uh right after this clip in fact let me play this this would be i believe cut eight Play cut eight, please. We need to see that it's the majority of the core PCE index, which is the thing that we think is the best predictor of headline PCE, which is our mandate. So it's not that we're not, we're neither optimistic or pessimistic. We're just telling you that we, we don't see inf- uh, inflation moving down yet in that large sector. I think we will. Uh, it says, he says, I think we will fairly soon, but we don't see it yet, Right. And right after that, Nick Timaras from from the Wall Street Journal, who's done a book about Powell, has has seeming unlimited access to people inside inside the, the Board of Governors, including I believe he's got the ability to interview the the, the uh, chairman when he you know they they've done it a few times. They have a good relationship. Timaros. Badgers, I mean the questioning in in the in the transcript um, is you know says we've learned that inflation can come down from its its uncomfortably high level despite a historically low unemployment rate. Given that, and given how much you did over the last year, why do you think further rate increases are needed? Why not stop here and see what transpires in the coming months? He just answered that question for the AP guy. And it's like, and, and, and I got to tell you, Tim Aros is almost like in disbelief. I can't believe that you guys would not be stopping here. I, and, and, and he even goes on with a second question. Again, I can't play it all. He says, it, Tim Aros chimes in with a second question, which is kind of bad form, at least in my mind. A number of the, the, these guys do it, and I, I know, uh, I know uh, uh, the Fed has been tolerant of that. I might be a little less tolerative if I if I ran the press conference and be like, no, you get one question, ask your question, and move on. Um, did you or your colleagues discuss the conditions for a pause at this meeting this week? And Powell says, well, you'll see you'll see that the minutes will come out in three weeks, and they'll give a lot of detail in it. Um, and he just said, you know what, we had a lot of discussion in the meeting, you know, and it basically tells him, move on, Nick. Uh, I've asked that question. It's been answered. We believe there, there are further increases coming. And and you would have thought, contrary to what he had done in saying the financial condition is eased, that this exchange might have convinced them, hey, they really are serious about this. Um, and and they but they they don't. They they continue to move on. Let's play. I think I got a little bit of his answer to that that there this would be cut number nine i believe so we you know we've raised rates four and a half percentage points and we're talking about a couple of more rate hikes to get to that level we think is appropriately restrictive and why do we think that's probably necessary we think because inflation is still running very hot that's what he tells he says hey 
This is why, why we're doing it. We're doing it because we think inflation is still running hot. You're telling me you don't believe that inflation's hot? We think there's plenty of evidence that it still is, particularly in this, in this subsector of the economy that is tied, in their mind, their, their doppelganger, their, or not doppelganger, their, their canary in the coal mine is the job market. And until they see something in the job market, they're probably going to continue, and they don't see a turn in that inflation rate, they're going to keep raising rates. He's very clear about that. And yet, and yet there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of belief in that from the other side. Let me go on to, this is, I think this is the one I'm looking for. Let me move on. This would be cut number 10. I mean, would it be possible to take a meeting off, for example, and then resume? You know, could you, rather than just doing at every meeting a move, go a little bit more slowly, take some gaps in between moves? I mean, I think I, this is not something that the committee is thinking about or exploring in any kind of detail. In principle, though, you know, we used to think we used to do was go every other meeting, if you remember, 25 basis points, and that was considered a fast pace. Um, so I think a lot of options are available. And, uh, I mean, you saw what the Bank of Canada did, and, you know, they left it that they're willing to, to raise rates after pausing. But this is not something that, this is not something that the, that the uh, Federal Open Market Committee is uh, on the on the point of deciding right now. So following up on the comments that I just made about that 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 Timiros had asked, and and, and I, this is a uh, uh, Gina Smalik, uh, who I I want to say is from the New York Times. Yes, um, asked the asked him instead and says, "Hey, look, would you think about a pause and then restart?" So she's following up with the same question. I'm not sure how he's going to get clearer than that. And why I think the people who said, well, he wasn't really strong on this one point or strong on that one point, I, honest to God, um, good, luck, good luck trying to read all those tea leaves. I, I, just, I just don't think that that's a very productive way to spend your time. So there's, there's the uh, – there he says it again. We, we're talking about it. So it should have been very clear after that that, that 25 basis points is, should be your baseline forecast – increase for March, that would then take us to a range of 470, four and three quarters to 5%. And if you believe that increases is a plural rather than a singular, that means that in May, you should expect the rate to be five to five and a quarter. Not clear to me how you can be much clearer than that. Then uh, in the next, in the next part, um, and this is where I teased this a little bit in in the previous hour. He gets asked by uh, one of the reporters about a comment made by by Lael Brainerd, the vice chair, to the who said in a speech, um, and I actually had the recording, I haven't played it yet, to the extent that inputs other than wages may be responsible in part for important price increases for some non-housing services, an unwinding of these factors might be might be helpful. Okay, and so he's asked that by a reporter, and he gives this very, very long answer. And I'm just going to play a little piece of it uh, here. This should be cut number 11. I would say overall, though, my own view would be that you're not going to have a, you know, a sustainable return to 2% inflation in that sector without a better balance in the labor market. And... Um, I don't know what that will require in terms of, of increased unemployment, your question. 
Um, I do think uh, there are a number of dimensions through which the labor market can soften. And uh, so far, we've, we've, we've got, as I mentioned, in goods, we have inflation moving down without the softening in the labor market. I think most forecasters would say that, uh, that unemployment will probably rise a bit from here. But I still think, I continue to think, that there's a path to getting inflation back down to 2% without a really significant economic decline or a significant increase in unemployment. That meaning, therefore, that you might be able to see an increase, you might be able to see a soft landing. He hasn't given up on it. Okay? I kind of have. <laughs> um, I was quoted in, on a local radio station, uh, asked, about, asked this question. I said, yeah, there are people out there that believe a soft landing is possible. A, a soft landing would be historic. By that I mean, if we had a soft landing, it would be the first time the Fed has been able to pull that off. And I kind of just shut up then. It's like, so do you think that's going to happen? I said, like I said, it'd be historic. It's not happened before. <laughs> um, so you can interpret that to mean, as I think Powell believes, it probably, soft landing doesn't mean you're not going to feel a bump when you land. Soft landing means that the plane doesn't crash um, or, or, or cause you to drop your drink or something like that. Um, you know what? Let's take our break here. I still got a few more cuts to play for you in the last segment coming up, but we're going to get through all of this. This is the Powell press conference after the Fed's actions on Wednesday, trying to talk the markets into something they just don't want to believe. Right after this on the King Banyan Show on the Biz 1440. The Biz 1440, KYCR Golden Valley. Are you or a loved one struggling with drug or alcohol use? Maybe you're not sure if it's addiction or if treatment's needed. If so, you're not alone. According to the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, 19.3 million people aged 18 or older had a substance use disorder in the past year. Hazelden Betty Ford offers a free confidential assessment. Inpatient, outpatient, and virtual options are available. It's time to take back your life. Hazelden Betty Ford can help. This message sponsored by Hazelden Betty Ford, the Minnesota Broadcasters Association, and this station. Dr. Gorka here, and you know me. I am very cynical about products, especially those that claim to help people suffering from pain. So when I tell you that Relief Factor truly works, I want you to know that I mean it. I suffered from a stiff lower back for almost a decade, one so painful it made it difficult to kneel in church on Sundays. When I finally decided to give Relief Factor a try, I didn't ever imagine that I would find myself free of the pain. But that's what happened. Now, I take Relief Factor every day. Almost 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it worked for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick start for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And in the process, started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost 
or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. If we take you as a client, I guarantee we'll cancel your time share or you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit. 800-626-5252. That's 800-626-5252. 800-626-5252. Save 700 gallons of water and 250 pounds of salt this year with the new wet technology water softener from Commerce Water. Get $400 for your old softener. Commerce will haul it away too. Commerce.com. Commerce Water. Go to Commerce.com. Sightseeing in Ferris, at the Mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to the Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. conference and i thought this was a pretty good question which was like so how many months of inflation data do you need before you're willing to sort of say hey i think there's something happening here um and i thought this was a really excellent asked answer uh, let's play this cut number 12 so of course we'll be looking by the time of, of the march meeting we'll have two more employment reports two more cpi reports and we'll be looking at those carefully, as, as all of us will. And we'll be asking ourselves, what are they telling us? And, and uh, uh, soon after that, we'll have another uh, ECI uh, uh, wage report, which, as you know, is, is a report that we, we like because it, it adjusts for composition and it's very complete. And, uh, you know, the one we got, uh, I guess it was yesterday, was, um, was constructive. It's, you know, it's, it shows wages coming down, but still at a, at a high level. They're, st- they're still at, at a level that's way above, where, well above where they were before the, uh, uh, before the uh, pandemic. I thought that was interesting and pulled it because he, uh, Rich Miller, who asked that question, got a, got, got a cookie, which was, did not realize that he was paying as much attention to the employment cost index data as he indicates in that. It clearly had affected their thinking uh, at the at the meeting, and and therefore uh, is a number that I think now we'll have to pay more attention to, which I which which I thought was important. So he says two employment reports. The one is the one we just talked about the first hour of the show today. Uh, go back and listen to it on TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. Go pull it or, or you know go pull it up uh, and, and and join the VIP club. Do all that so that you can listen to the past to the past episodes. Uh, and then two price reports. We'll get one uh, in the next week, and then we'll get we'll get two in March. And the second one in March will happen right around the time of the next FOMC meeting, uh, which is in the second half of the month. Um, uh, um, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and I'll just say because John, I'm gonna, oh, you know what? I probably do have time to talk quickly to John uh, on at six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. John, I, I, 
needs to be a little bit short, but your question, please, sir. Yes, I wanted to ask uh, um, whether your forecast might be altered by a continuing growth in corporate profits, and how how does the the, the e economist how do they measure corporate profits, and does the Federal Reserve take that into consideration? If corporate profits from the big companies like Procter and Gamble, Boeing, and others are are going up, is that a, a kind of go against the idea of a recession? Sure, it does. And great question, John. Thank you for the question. Um, I I think that that's a that's a super good point. Economists typically rely on forecasts by by stock analysts on Wall Street. They don't typically do their own independent analysis, particularly not at the firm level. Um, they might do sort of an aggregated macro look at corporate profits. I don't think those forecasts are terribly reliable. Um, I don't do them uh, because because I don't think I have any kind of insight or particular information that's helpful to do that. Um, uh, th there are there are sort of mechanical ways to generate a forecast, but I don't. I just don't think they're very good, um, so I don't do them. Uh, but um, but it would. The Fed clearly is going to pay attention to whether or not corporate profits are rising, but it would probably do that to look as an indicator for what might happen on wages, what might happen on employment and economic activity generally. They probably would not look at that in terms of trying to solve this question about the inflation rate. Uh, but good question. Thanks for that, John. Uh, let me turn. These last two clips are relatively short. Uh, let me turn to uh, this, which is cut 13, please. It's a forecast of slower growth, some softening in labor market conditions, and inflation moving down, moving down steadily, but not quickly. And in that case, uh, if, if the economy performs broadly in line with those expectations, it will not be appropriate to, to cut rates this year. To loosen policy this year. Okay, can't be any clearer than that. Based on our forecast, if the economy does what we think it's going to do, we're not cutting rates this year. So if you're going to say they're cutting rates this year, you have to think that the Fed's forecast is wrong. And how is it wrong? It has to be wrong because you think the recession is going to be steeper, more difficult than the Fed believes. Yesterday's jobs report puts a gigantic dent into that argument. And that is, gonna, that is why the market is, I think, repriced treasuries, repriced the stock market. Uh, and, is gonna, and I expect, actually, when the market opens on Monday, after having a weekend to digest the data, you may actually see more changes happening to the for, to, uh to stock prices on a going forward basis, which is different than John's question about profits, right? The the stock market question is a stock is a question about the multiple at which those profits translate to stock prices. It is not an argument about profits themselves. Profits are an argument about the health of the economy, the ability of businesses to pay higher wages, and how long wage increases might be sustained before we see a recession. Um, and, and so let me go ahead and play. This is the last clip I grabbed from from the press conference. Cut 14, please. Um, she said she doesn't see signs of a wage price spiral. And I'm wondering if you agree with that. I do. Yeah, I do. I, I, I don't see that yet. But the whole point is, you know, if you once you see it, 
you're, you have a serious problem. That was the, the, the she is a Lael Brainerd again. So two Lael Brainerd sites in one press conference. And this gets to something we talked about on the show. We talked last week that uh, Brian Deese is apparently leaving as the head of the National Economic Council. Um, and there's a lot of rumor now that Lael Brainerd will be replacing him as head of the NEC. I couldn't understand why. To me, the, ch- the vice chair of the Fed is a much better, much more of a plum position than being than being the head of the National Economic Council, which basically makes you the president's mouthpiece on economic policy. I now think I know why. That answer tells me that he and Brainerd have a disagreement. She's trying to talk them into, you don't need to wait for wages come down to think inflation is happening. He answered that question with, yes, I think there's a wage price spiral. I think there can't be a wage price spiral. But if we see the wage price spiral, it's too late. So we have to act preemptively right now on this basis. And that may be a source of friction in the Federal Reserve. I thought that was very telling, and there'll be times in the coming weeks where we might be able to flesh that out more. Unfortunately, that day won't be today because we've run out of time with you. Um, I have to tell you, there's 21 cuts that I had to get pulled today. Spencer did a fantastic job. Thank you, Spencer, for your work today on that. Uh, We'll be back next week. Prices, uh, we might have inflation Saturday coming up next week here, but we'll we'll be back then with another episode of the King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. Thank you for listening. Tune in to this week's Money Matters with Al and Mike as they'll be discussing an often overlooked piece of the puzzle, asset location. Making certain your investments and portfolio strategies are in the right accounts means more money in your pocket and your accounts. Al and Mike will tell you how to put the pieces to your puzzle together with solutions and strategies. So make sure you listen to Money Matters with Al and Mike, 2 p.m. Sunday on the Biz 1440, or call them at 855-231-6010. Okay, we are running a car drive right now to help veterans all across America. So if you have an old car, truck, or van, even a motorcycle or an RV sitting around, you can right now give it away and help the vets. They really need your help. And your car will help support the vets and their families. And guess what? You even get a tax donation. Plus, we'll even come and pick up your car for free. And all you've got to do is pick up your phone right now and make a free call. Now is the perfect time. Time to do something good for the vets. Give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country. And your old car can really help them. So call the Veterans Car Donation Program right now for free pickup of your vehicle. Help the vets and help your taxes at the same time. Call right now. 800-884-9018. 800-884-9018. 800-884-9018. That's 800-884-9018. Does inflation have you worried? Maybe you have an appliance or two on life support or dated ones that need to be renewed before the holidays? Don't worry. Appliance Renew has your back. Hey, it's Michael, owner of Appliance Renew. We have a large inventory of brand new name brand scratch and ding appliances at 20 to 50% off. Appliance Renew is your peace of mind solution in these crazy economic times. We have over 250 brand new scratch and ding appliances from LG, Whirlpool, GE, Maytag, Frigidaire, and more. Just waiting for you in our Farmington showroom. All appliances are brand new with a little ding or two. We thoroughly inspect and test everything, and we 
stand behind our appliances with a complete one-year warranty. Whether you're looking for washers, dryers, stoves, refrigerators, dishwashers, ovens, or more, you'll find it at Appliance Renew in downtown Farmington. Stop by today or search for Appliance Renew online. Saving money is worth the drive when a little ding doesn't mean a thing at Appliance Renew. Dad, guess what? What? You are going to be a grandfather. That's great. Not too long ago, moments like this with my daughter would have been a challenge. It was a long road for me to find myself again after Vietnam. It was my neighbor Jim, another Vietnam veteran, who finally convinced me that I could still connect with my family and find that fulfilling life I'd lost. And I went for help down at the VA. If I can take that first step after almost 50 years, I know other veterans can too. Visit maketheconnection.net. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.